If you would, Luke chapter 10, and uh, we'll get into that tonight. Thank you so much. Uh, Luke in chapter 10, verse 38, I started the series, um, I don't know, the third Sunday night in uh, uh, December, and uh, I spoke about Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus, if you remember that message, I don't know if you do, um, and uh, wanted to, really out of, based out of John 12, uh, we had uh, Mary, we have Martha, uh, we have Judas mentioned, and then Lazarus. Of course, if you read John 12, and we won't take the time tonight, but you see how Mary was sitting once again at the feet of Jesus. Martha, uh, of course, um, was serving, and then Mary broke the uh, expensive uh, perfume and ointment and washed Jesus' feet, and then Judas had to pipe up and say his piece. Um, and then Lazarus is mentioned as well. And I want to kind of just go through each of those characters over the... Uh, my plan, my goal was with the month of January, um, but with the ice storm and, and the Vision Sunday and then uh, special speaker and then uh, uh, level up last week, I just wasn't able to. So we'll do it in February. How's that? And uh, so Luke chapter 10, verse 38. And uh, really this, this series is the best of all places. The best of all places. And uh, sitting at the feet of Jesus and tonight we'll be serving at the feet of Jesus. Once you've found Luke 10, verse 38, and you're physically able to, if you could stand to your feet, we'll stretch one last time in uh, honor of God's word, and then we'll get into the message tonight. Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a, a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered, about much serving, and came to him, and, and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bitter, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. I think oftentimes when we read that verse, we Get the negative connotation that Martha just wasn't even right with God. She was so busy about serving. But I think we can sometimes be too hard on Martha. In fact, uh, Charles uh, Spurgeon talks about them and, and how they were both trying to serve the Lord in the best way they could. And some of us are more servers and some of us are more uh, uh, getting into God's word. But oftentimes we can get so much into God's word that we forget to serve the Lord. Sometimes we can get so busy serving we forget to replenish ourselves as well. And I want to try to help us tonight with some balance and, uh, and, uh, and go through, kind of just walk through the character of Martha. And uh, God used her in great ways, but she also had to learn some things, as you and I do as well. And let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for loving us. I pray that you'll bless this message tonight, Lord. I'm thankful for your people here and their faithfulness. What a great crowd on a Sunday night, Lord. I know for many of them it was a busy day. And they're here, there, and everywhere, and trying to minister, serve, or, or just take care of their family, or just get here on time, and, and help with choir, and, and music orchestra, and Lord, those helping in the media, and the nursery, and uh, those in the youth, and the children's, and greeting, and ushering. It's just a busy day, and they're here tonight because they want to hear from you one last time. And Lord, the thought tonight, the goal is, is to help us, Lord. And we want to be balanced in the Christian life. I know I do. That's my heart. And I can grow in this area as well. But I pray that we'll learn some things tonight from Martha that will challenge us.
us, that will help us, but also will, will get us to where we need to be And as Christians. And we, we sure do love you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Um, a married couple had a quarrel one night. I know that never happens in your home, but this particular couple did and ended up giving each other the silent treatment. And of course, two days into their mute argument, the man realized he needed his wife's help. He had to catch a flight to Chicago for a business meeting and he had to get up at 5 a.m. But not wanting to be the first to break the silence, he wrote on a piece of paper, please wake me up at 5 a.m. And she woke him up and he won. But anyways, tonight, uh, anyways, I guess you guys never had the silent treatment, but uh, perhaps maybe I didn't tell it right, but we'll go on, okay. Uh, Spurgeon says, of course, with this passage, and uh, uh, that, of course, we see the parable of the Good Samaritan and the wounded man, and then we see this philanthropist or this uh, wealthy young man who goes to Christ and said he's done all this, and, and Jesus says, sell, sell your half and give to the poor, and he walked away. And, and uh, then he brings them into uh, two sisters of Bethany, and we have uh, those who were willing to serve, the Good Samaritan, and those who were quote-unquote serving, but was so relying on the serving that they had missed the whole picture that he needed Jesus Christ. And then they come to the two sisters in Bethany, of course, Mary and Martha. And they're two excellent sisters, as Spurgeon says, both converted, both lovers of Jesus, both loved by Jesus. Because he even said he loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus. But he said it's altogether wrong to treat Martha as some have done, as if she had no love for good things and was nothing better than a mere worldling. It was not so. Martha was the most estimable and earnest woman, a true believer and an ardent follower of Jesus, whose joy it was to entertain Jesus at the, at the house which she was the mistress. And so tonight I want us to see five things from Martha that I hope will be a help to us. Number one, if you're writing, I have five just quick things. We see a welcoming woman. Martha was a welcoming woman. The Bible says in verse 38, Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village. Now we know in John chapter 12, verse 1, that certain village was Bethany. And they went to Bethany. And of course, Martha, the eldest of the three, this was her house. And she probably owned this house and she kept this house. And we see, it says in verse 38, the latter part, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And Martha received Jesus. And really, she put out the welcome mat. She kind of put out the red carpet and she said, Come on in. By the way, I don't know if you remember, but when Jesus traveled, he didn't travel alone. How many people did he have with him? Oh, I don't know, but at least 12, maybe more. So could you imagine uh, uh, inviting Jesus was, was more than just Jesus. We're, we're going to have to get an extra five leaves of the table, you know. We're going to have to go get three extra chickens or uh, three extra bags of potatoes or three extra dozen of corn. You know, we're going to to have to spend some money here and and we're going to have to make some room and we're going to have to uh, tidy up. And when Jesus would come, it was not necessarily a cheap expense, but she welcomed him in. And we see welcome here is in the middle voice, which indicates Martha had initiated the welcome. 
Jesus didn't show up and just say, hey, you know what, can we come eat here? No, Martha had welcomed. She had a welcoming spirit about her. It was the same word used to describe when Zacchaeus received Jesus into his home. The same word that was used when Rahab received the Israeli spies into her home. And also, it shows in Luke 10, verse 10, this same word welcome was that many cities wouldn't even welcome Jesus at all. So the fact that she was welcomed in uh, by Martha, uh, Jesus was welcomed by Martha, showed that uh, this was something that Jesus had taught his followers to do in Luke chapter 14 and Matthew chapter 25. And, and so we see that, that she was simply doing what, what Jesus had taught and, and she had caught what Jesus had taught. So she had invited Jesus in. And as I mentioned, it was probably very expensive uh, uh, to entertain Christ. But uh, as Matthew Henry says, it was probably very dangerous to entertain Christ. What do you mean? Because when you entertained Jesus Christ, it was like you were entertaining Oh, you're entertaining Jesus. You're one of his followers. And so it was something that perhaps was not just expensive, but it was dangerous as well. But she wanted to be a welcoming person. And I want to encourage us tonight, and I don't know how your personality is, and I don't know what's your natural inclination, but may you be a welcoming person, and may you be a greeter, and may you love on people, may you learn to connect with people, and, and I was talking to the ushers uh, last Sunday night, and that, by the way, they do such a great job at this, but I said, make sure when people come through those doors, you, you, you greet them, and you smile, and you say hello, and we're glad you're here. May we all do that. Now, you may not, uh, you might be, feel like you're all thumbs sometimes, but we can all be friendly and we can all greet. And Martha was a welcoming woman. But second of all, we see tonight she was a worshiping woman. She was a worshiping, uh, not a woman, woman, okay? Worshiping woman, okay? And, uh, and it was evidenced by her friendship. It seems Jesus was on terms of the closest friendship. The Bible says in John 11 and verse 3, Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And so we see that Jesus was a friend of them. And Martha was a friend, but also was evidenced by her faith. In John 11, verse 20, Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. And we see... Martha again displayed her more practical nature by going out to meet Jesus. It's interesting that Mary sat at Jesus' feet, but she also sat in the house. But who went out and welcomed Jesus? Well, the Bible says here Martha did. And she was the one who took the initiation. And she was the one who brought him in. And she obviously believed in him. His ability to rise. And John 11, verse 21, Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother not had died. She believed that Jesus could heal her brother, even though he was dead. And not, not, even though he was sick. And, and then, of course, never would have been in a million dreams, perhaps, to realize that he could raise her from the dead. But she had faith that he could heal, he could heal her brother. But also in his ability to resurrect uh, John 11, verse 24, uh, says, Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at that last day. She knew he had the ability to raise her brother from the dead, but also to be able to rise himself in resurrection from the dead. So Martha was a welcoming woman, but she was also a wor- worshiping woman and his ability to rise and his ability to resurrect. 
I don't know if you've ever had um, a seasoning salt called Lowry's. If you know what Lowry's is, uh, I know I use it. The history of Lowry's seasoned salt goes back 80 years to 1938, actually even more uh, than 80 years now, when the famous restaurant Lowry's, the prime rib, opened in Beverly Hills. Lawrence Frank was the inventor who developed the blend initially for prime rib, but this family was very surprised that, and, 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 and you know, pleasantly surprised that it, it didn't only season prime rib, but it was good on all kinds of foods as well. It was a blend of salt, sugar, paprika, uh, turmeric, onion, and garlic. But once the blend was perfected, they put the Lowry's seasoned salt on the table next to the salt and pepper of all their of their restaurant. But what they were finding over the next few weeks and months, they kept missing these bottles. And customers would stick them in their purse or in their pocket and go home with them. And, of course, they realized how popular this was. And literally they said, people just couldn't get enough of this stuff. Now, I don't know what that is for you, if it's Lowry's salt or something else. You just can't seem to get enough of it. But I have a feeling tonight... That's how Mary and Martha felt. They just could not get enough of Jesus. Martha wanted to be by him, and Mary wanted to hear from him. And my question to you tonight is a simple one. I have asked myself this as well. Do you ever get enough of Jesus? Or you can't wait for more? And so we see she was a welcoming woman. She was a worshiping woman. But third of all tonight, she was a working woman. She was a working woman. The Bible says in verse 40, But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Better for that she helped me. So, of course, Martha's the one who initiated this party. Jesus came in with all of his disciples and perhaps maybe those who were following. There could have been dozens even of people that came in and Martha brought him in, and Mary sat in the house. And then when Martha brought the people in, uh, of course, Mary went and sat with Jesus. And Martha starts busy preparing dinner. And, and how often, it, how hard it is for one person to maybe feed that many people. I don't know about you, but when I invite a bunch of people over, I'm not going to go hide in the room while, while they're there. My wife would kill me, you know. Look, you expect me to host and cook? Where are you at? You know, and I need to be there. And Martha's like, Mary, what are you doing? You, we, we wanted to have all these people in, and we brought them in, and where are you at? And the Bible says cumbered. It means to be heavily burdened. And someone said, as if wearing a concrete straitjacket. The Greek word is perispeo, which literally means a mind pulled in a thousand directions. It's the imperfect passive picture. Martha is literally drawn here, there, and everywhere. And if you've hosted a lot of people, you know how that is. You're, you're making sure this person's cared for it. You need to put your coat over here. And the bathroom's, oh yeah, it's right down the hall to the right. And, and oh, you're out of soap. Oh, let's get that. And, and you're just, you're ha- everywhere, just trying to take care of everything. She was busy about her serving. But what's interesting here is hospitality was highly valued in Jewish society. And in fact, one commentary said the honor and even reputation of a woman was associated with her hospitality. 
So Martha was not just trying to serve Jesus, someone she loved, and, and all his disciples, and all was with her, but there was also an element of her uh, culture that there was something to be said of someone who could be very hospitable. In other words, you were almost like up the pecking order of, if you were in the same conversation of someone, oh, Martha, oh, wow, what a great hostess she is. And it would, it, it would mean something. You would become more honorable. And perhaps maybe Martha, what was thinking about that aspect? And what are they thinking about me? What are those disciples thinking? What is Jesus thinking? How is, how is this meal coming about? And how do they feel? Do they feel comfortable enough? And what in the world, Mary, where are you, Mary? What's going on here? She's so busy doing what she wants to for the Lord, but also trying to protect her image that she forgets what you and I know is the most important thing. Several years ago, there was a data collected from over 20,000 Christians in 139 countries. And this survey was called the Obstacles to Christian Growth. And, and, and what they found was more than 40% of Christians around the world said they were often or always rushed from task to task. And about 60% of Christians said that it's often or always true that the busyness of their life gets in the way of their spiritual walk with Jesus Christ. It's clear that busyness does distract us from our fellowship with him. May I say there's nothing wrong with being busy serving Jesus. We just talked about that tonight we heard about the wonderful report in the jail and, of course, the site church. And, of course, we had a great day here today on Sunday. That didn't just happen by accident. Much work and much busyness was there to make that happen. But what's interesting is how busyness can distract us from fellowship with him. Leon Morris said, The fact that Martha complained to Jesus about her sister's lack of help in preparing the meal indicates that the work or the service became a burden. Therefore, it lacked the joy and the fulfillment of hospitality. Instead of a wonderful time of hosting Jesus and all of his disciples, and wow, look at this! And can you imagine what people are going to say about my hospitality skills that now becomes a burden? May I ask you tonight, does serving ever become a burden to you? Does it ever just drain you? Does it frustrate you? Why doesn't anybody ever notice me? I changed 14 diapers today. By the way, praise the Lord if you do that. I'll notice you right now. Amen. All right. I vacuumed the halls. I cleaned the toilets. You know, I mowed. I clipped all the trees. I, I, I swept. I, I cleaned up the classroom once again. And a few hours later, it was messier than when I cleaned it. You know what I mean? Our working, our busyness can turn into a burden. How does that happen? By the way, that's happened to me many times. It's what's called, it can become burnout, can it not? What in the world does serving mean? Well, dikania is the Greek word translated ministry in the New Testament. It's rendering assistance or help by performing certain duties, including waiting on tables or caring for household needs. It's where we get the word deacon from. Paul's charge, his disciple Timothy, to fulfill his ministry. And someone said this, if we are serving before the Savior instead of sitting before the Savior, we have our priorities inverted. The order should always be sit before the Savior 
then serve for the Savior. I mean, I say today, I'm thankful for those who are busy about serving in ministry. We couldn't do what we do without that. But don't forget the sitting and the feet of Jesus. It's good to be in church. You know, it's good to fellowship with God's people. It's good to serve. But we can be imbalanced if we're not careful. I want to encourage us tonight to make sure our order is right. Someone said this, I read my Bible 25 times this year, but I haven't taken the time to tell one soul about Christ. Well, the harder Martha worked, the more worked up she became. And may I say, I think we need to be in our Bible. In fact, I'm on pace. I checked today. I'm, I'm going to be on pace to read my Bible through again this year. Amen. Praise the Lord. But you know what? May we not be so into the Word that we forget to serve the God of the Word either. We've got we to be balanced. Adrian Rogers gives the illustration of two little Boy Scouts who were supposed to do a good deed every day. They came back to the scout troop the one day, and <laughs> they were all beat up and disheveled, and the scout troop leader thought, wow, what in the world did you go and do? He thought maybe they had been working or cleaning up or doing lawn care or something. And they said, what did you do? He said, well, we helped a little lady across the street. The scoutmaster said, how did you get so tore up and how did you get so disheveled? They said, well, she didn't want to go. (laughs) And what he said to that was this, Adrian Rogers, many times we are doing things for our Lord that he doesn't want done for him because we've not been at his feet being quiet before him. We talked about that a little bit this morning with Ruth, how she had to learn to wait, and waiting time is not wasted time. But if, if, if God, is God impressed with the gifts you bring, your work, your skills, each little thing? Oh yes, Gustafson said, he values what you do, but what he wants is time with you. Isn't that the case, men? with our wives and vice versa. We're thankful for all we do to make that house run, you know. But at the end of the day, it gets frustrating when you can't spend time with each other. It does not. And may we be busy about our Father's business, but may we not forget the time we spend with our God and how precious that is. So we see she was a welcoming woman. She was a worshiping woman. We see she was a working woman. But number four, we see she was a worried woman. A worried woman. Now, we've talked about this a little bit. But in Jesus answered in verse 41 and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary had chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. I see, first of all, a worried woman for horizontal status. And I say horizontal because I mean temporal. She was more interested, as I said earlier, on what people saw of her because her hospitality was what was very recognizable in her culture, and being hospital was a mark of honor. And so perhaps she was troubled because she was searching for that horizontal or temporal status. Jesus did not rebuke her for making preparations or showing hospitality, an important aspect of ancient culture. After all, Martha couldn't telephone the local pizza place and order pizzas for those 25 people. She had to prepare a meal. But it's interesting how her 
inward anxiety and outward agitation. And Jesus was perhaps preparing Martha that maybe we just need one dish. We just need to eat. But don't forget what's important. Don't get so enamored by your serving that you forget about what's important. And church, I, I, I don't know if this is something we struggle with. I know I have before. But may I encourage us to not be so involved serving that we lose the joy of serving the Lord and we lose the joy of what's most important. Uh, I I know this has been the case for 40 years here at this church and what we've been doing the last couple years hasn't changed anything. But I I wanted to make sure when when I uh, became the pastor that we we never forgot what what, what built this church. Sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and telling people about Jesus and discipling them and, and training them to go do it as well. And if we lose sight of that and we're so busy doing our quote-unquote ministry that we forget. There's churches all over that do a lot of ministries. But are they fulfilling the Great Commission? May we not forget that. That's what's most important in our wonderful time with God. So we see a horizontal status, but a worried woman for vertical satisfaction. What's interesting here is that the word troubled is Merimanoa. Jesus repeatedly warned his disciples against unnecessary anxiety. And when he sent his disciples out, if you remember the 70, he sent them out in pairs. What were they not to worry about? The cares of everyday life. They weren't supposed to take all this stuff with them. Jesus said, just go. Uh, even the master cared for the needs of his children. We, we know that. And even in trials, the disciples were not to worry about how to defend yourself or what to say. God would supply all their needs. And isn't it interesting how we as Christians can get so enamored by all these things we've got to do that we forget sometimes that Jesus Christ is really all we need. The Bible says in Luke 12, 31, you know these verses. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew six thirty three. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. If you are bothered about something, it is important to you, and you are worried about it. And Martha's problem was the lack of balance. May I say today, our vision can get cloudy as well. Are you focused, like Mary, on vertical or eternal vision? Or are you focused on temporal or horizontal vision? See, Martha was on the horizontal. What are people going to say? What's Jesus and disciples going to say? Oh no, what's going to happen? Is this going to turn out okay? And Mary was more important on that satisfaction that only God could bring. Uh, Spare said this, The many tasks we face each day can burden and oppress, but spending time with God each day can bring relief from stress. To keep your life in balance, someone said, lean on the Lord. Longstaff said, Take time to be holy, the world rushes on. Spend much time in secret with Jesus alone. I love what Grandma Beaver said. I don't know who she is, but she said this. As the dishes sit and soak, take your Bible and do the same. We need to soak some time in God's Word, do we not? I remember used to doing that as a kid. We, I don't know why, but my dad decided um, 
Monday through Saturday, we helped him out and about in the business and, 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 and out in the farm. But on Sundays, the boys had to do the dishes. I never understood that. And, uh, but that's what we had to do. And we, we'd do the dishes. And we had a family. There were seven of us kids. So there's nine of us. And my mom, when she bakes and cooks, it's a flurry out there. I mean, there's dishes everywhere. I mean, to, to make that much food, it takes a lot. And we do it, and we do all the easy ones first. And somehow, I'd always end up getting the hard ones, you know, with the crusted stuff on it. You know, you take the spatula, it's not working. You, you take the hard one, it's not working. You got to get the hammer and chisel out, get the stuff off, you know. And so what I would do is I would get those last few dishes, and I would fill them up with water, and I'd sit them down, and I'm going to let them sew. You know, I thought, man, this is great. The problem is they'd soak for days if, if I didn't get, because Monday's coming, you know. And so my thinking was, I'll let them soak overnight, and then it's Monday. So do dishes. Well, it didn't always work out. But I want to encourage us tonight to sit and soak in God's Word, but also be busy serving Him. So an application tonight in conclusion, I want to give you four quick things that serving should be. First of all, Joshua 24.15 shows us serving should be our choice. Joshua is telling the children of Israel, he says, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Serving shouldn't be something we're made to do. Uh, serving is a choice that we should want to do. Second of all, serving should be wholehearted. Deuteronomy ten twelve says, And now Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee, but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Aren't you thankful? I, I, I look back at different teachers I used to have, and uh, Sunday school teachers and different things, and I, I could tell when they were giving their hearts. You know, this week I was doing a chapel and I got this idea of, uh, of the, the application I was doing, uh, Tootsie Pop lollipops, and, and I told them I'm going to give them chocolate. And so I gave them each those pops with their eyes closed and they said, this isn't chocolate. Well, there was. There was chocolate inside of the sucker, okay, and... And I was talking about integrity and how sometimes we can say things a certain way that's true, but it may not really be true. And the kids were, were enjoying that. But I, I couldn't help but think as I was trying to find a way to get them into it, that I'm thankful for teachers who did that for me. That helped me learn things. I'm thankful for people who gave it all their heart and all their soul. And it was, they were passionate about it. It should be our choice. It should be wholehearted, but it should also... I think this is so key. This is why it's great to serve the Lord together. It should be enjoyed. Psalms 100 verse 2 says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Are you glad that you get to serve the Lord? Now, I'm not going to lie. There's times when I used to have to clean the bathrooms where I wasn't very joyful about that toilet. You know, it, you know, not to, you know it, was, it, was, it was a need of an overhaul, you know. Um, you know, there was times where you're vacuuming and the vacuuming's not sucking anything, you know. 
It's like, oh, man, we need a new vacuum. You know, come on. You know, there's, there was those seasons where it was difficult. I remember in Turlock when our sewer was plugged, and, and we're digging this down, and we're going deeper and deeper, and, and then it just starts coming out, and it's just like you're covered in it, you know. And, uh, you know, it's not, always enjoy, it's not always fun. But you know what? We always, you can always be happy about it. Figure out a way to be glad about it. Why? Because you should show the Lord of gladness. And then number four, and I love this part about serving, it will be rewarded. Look at Hebrews 6.10. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward his name, and that you have ministered to the saints, and you minister. You may never get noticed or recognized here on earth. I may never get recognized or noticed here on earth. But I know one person who's noticing, and it's God. And one day when we get to heaven, I'm pretty sure it's going to be the greatest news thing in all the world to hear him say, well done, a good and faithful servant. That's all I need to hear. Thank you. Thank you, God. It will be rewarded. May I say this, just in that closing thought? The vast majority of our ministry should not be at Grandview Baptist Church. You say, what are you saying, Pastor Justin? I'm simply saying the vast majority of our ministry should be in the world around us, should it not? Now, I'm glad we get a chance to serve here. We should. But we should be serving outside of this property as well. I'll be honest with you, that's convicting to me as well. We get so busy doing administrative stuff, and we get so busy doing things for the church, and, and we should. But may we not forget that our most important ministry is outside of these walls. If you don't do what Mary did, you won't be able to long-term do what Martha did. Uh, someone said, faithful to my Lord's command." Uh, Charles Wesley actually said, faithful to my Lord's commands, I would choose a better part, serve with careful Martha's hands, and loving Mary's heart. Could it be? That Mary had something to learn from Martha, and Martha had something to learn from Mary. May we have Mary's heart, but Martha's serving, Martha's hands. Philippians 3, 7, Paul said this, But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them a dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto death. I don't know someone who was more of a doer than the Apostle Paul. Isn't that true? Even when he was in prison, his ministry was probably the most effective it had ever been. How does that happen? was someone who was certainly passionate about what he did. But I think by these verses we just read, what was more important to Paul than anything was getting to know his Lord and Savior even more. May we have a desire and a quest and a thirst for Christ, but may we also have the passion and desire to do something for God like Paul did. Every head bowed, every eye closed tonight. Just some thoughts. I hope you understand my heart behind all this. I 
I believe we have the greatest church in all the world. I mean that. Man, we're, we're servers. We're busy. This is the crowd that, that does serve. And I want you to know that. But as we go through the series, and Martha was known for sitting at her Savior's feet, and Mary was, Martha is known for serving at her Savior's feet. May we have the heart of Mary and the hands of Martha. And may we decide tonight to allow God to help us and maybe a welcoming. Maybe you need to grow in the area of welcoming. Maybe you need to grow in the area of worshiping. Obviously, Martha needed to. Maybe you need to grow in your area of working. You may not be able to do as much as you used to do, and I understand that. But maybe you can find an area to minister. A worried woman. She was worried for horizontal status, and she should have been instead worried about vertical satisfaction. And then we see tonight how we must decide what we're going to focus on. Horizontal, temporal vision, or vertical, eternal vision with Christ. May we allow our serving to be wholehearted, enjoyed, and rewarded. And may we allow God to use us, not just here in these four walls, but all around this area for Christ. Lord, we sure do love you. Uh, Thank you for loving us. Lord, these are great people. I have enjoyed the opportunity and privilege to pastor them these last few years, and I'm thankful for the heritage and the history of this great church and former pastor. And I'm thankful for what you've done here. And may it continue to be done. May we continue to see souls saved and uh, people discipled and, and Lord, in the water, the Lord baptism, and Lord trained and sent out to do that again. May we continue to care for the lost. Or we were convicted a little bit tonight by what you're doing and challenged in the jail ministry. And that's definitely outside of these walls and definitely out of a lot of people's comfort zone. But Lord, I'm sure if we had a conversation with Brother Mark a little bit more, we'd hear that, Lord, though it's maybe a little bit intimidating at first, it's, it's one of the greatest joys of ministry to minister to those who are troubled, Lord, and are searching for help. Or maybe you're working on someone's heart tonight to help out in that ministry. Or maybe you're touching someone's heart to take that next step of, of growth this year. Maybe they need to get back to walking with you more. Lord, may they make it a point to be in the service when they can, and Lord, serving as well. And we try to rotate. We try to make sure we're not out, but may we, may we be balanced. May we be growing spiritually, but also serving fruitfully. Lord, I pray you help us to, to be the Christians you have for us and to follow your leadership and guidance. And may we be gospel witness for you, and may we be involved in the teaching ministry as well and the training and helping, guiding people along. We sure are excited about what you're doing. May you bless this invitation. In Jesus' name, amen. If you could stand to your feet, the piano is going to play. I don't know if God touched your heart tonight, but I do believe that we can all be challenged in this area. And may you take a moment tonight and come to an old-fashioned altar or maybe stay there in your pew, but spend some time with God and just pray. Pray a moment or two with Him and tell Him what He's doing in your heart. Allow him to work in a powerful way.
God bless you. You may be seated. Uh, we have a quick video we're going to share with you and then get you on your way tonight. And thank you for being here in your place. Thank you for being faithful. We know God loves you and this pastor loves you. And if you can get a good snack tonight or meal or, or maybe you've already eaten, I don't know. But we're going to show this video and we'll be on our way tonight. where we could use volunteers. First Impressions team, Usher's team, Bookstore team, Janitorial team, Grounds team, Music team, and at Grandview Christian Academy, grading papers, reading groups, and in the lunchroom. If you would be interested in helping in any of these areas, please stop by the welcome desk to fill out a volunteer card today. Join us on Sunday, February 18th for I Love My Church Sunday with our guest speaker, Dr. David Gibbs. These exciting services will include a status update on our gym, and we'll be taking a special offering at the end of the service for any cash gifts, as well as all 2024 gym building commitments. Mark your calendars for church-wide outreach Saturday, February 17th at 10.15 a.m. Join us for a delicious breakfast and an opportunity to share your faith in the community. If this is your first or second time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the Connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We would love to meet you and you will receive a gift card. Have a great week and we'll see you Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Okay. Well, God bless you. hope you have a great week. Uh, I want to encourage you to be here Wednesday. I know uh, I've asked Brother Jeremy to preach. Brother Muscher is going to be out of town. Brother Jeremy is going to be preaching and you'll enjoy that. You are dismissed. Thank you.